Hello there. This is Eric Stinrod at Wayne Morris based in San Francisco. I'm here bringing you our weekly Tech Law 10. I'm joined by my colleague, as ever, Jonathan Armstrong in the UK from Corduroy. Corduroy. <laughs> I get that wrong sometimes. And I believe we're getting ever closer to podcast number 200. We're in the, we're in the 190s now. And Jonathan, I know you've been paying close attention too, and you have spoken about previously uh, the Max Schrems proceedings, and I understand there's some um, interesting developments right now uh, in Ireland, and maybe you can enlighten us. Yeah, happy to, Eric, and I'm uh, Jonathan Armstrong, as, as you rightly said, from Cordray. Um, yeah, the hearing in Ireland is ongoing at the moment in the next round of the Max Schrems litigation. And just as a recap, this is the Austrian law student who took proceedings which killed Safe Harbor, which, as we've said before, has been replaced, at least temporarily, by the Privacy Shield scheme. Now, this case concerns something different, slightly, called standard contractual clauses or model contract terms. They have various names, but effectively, it's a different way of legitimizing the transfer of data from the EU to the US. So the options that you have at the moment are binding corporate rules, which we're not discussing today, standard contractual clauses, or privacy shield, uh, absent things like consent and some of the semi-obscure ways of doing it. And basically, this case is a referral to the Irish courts by the Irish Data Protection Commissioner. She looked at a complaint that Max Schrems made about Facebook's use of standard contractual clauses, and she wants the court to rule, and that it means most likely the European court, as to whether standard contractual clauses are a valid method of transferring data from the EU to the US. And this could be a very significant judgment when we eventually get it, because the majority of multinationals use standard contractual clauses even for the, either for their own data transfers or uh, for tr transfers of data to them if their technology business is based in the US, for example, or for stuff they outsource like travel management or payroll or uh, any of those sorts of things. And this hearing's lasted, uh, listed in the court in Ireland for three weeks. We're about in the middle at the moment because they had a couple of days off. And the uh, evidence we had yesterday was uh, in part on the economic effect that there would be if the means of transferring data were removed, the lawful means of transferring data. And a US-based international trade law professor who gave evidence on behalf of Facebook said yesterday that he estimates that the uh, economic effect of this type of decision, if it restricts data transfer, would be between 118 and 190 billion euros. You heard that right, billion euros. So if this is a, even on his lesser figure, a 118 billion euro case, this is pretty significant in tech law terms. And 
Um, and, and so what evidence have we had so far? Well, one of the key points at the moment has been effectively whether the U.S. authorities can be trusted to have appropriate security safeguards around uh, data that goes across the Atlantic and also whether EU nationals have equivalent rights to complain when something goes wrong. And on this, there's been quite detailed evidence on both sides. So, um, so some of Facebook's lawyers, for example, have put in evidence. The ACLU have put in evidence on behalf of Max Schrems. And there has been some cross-examining at the moment on the Snowden revelations or allegations which were reduced in evidence by uh, ACLU, the US pressure group. So, so far, I think it's hard to say who's winning. Of course, it will be up to the judge to decide whether this case gets referred to the European Court. We have had some preliminary hearings, uh, one of which was to effectively make sure that both Schrems and Facebook were protected against uh, costs because of the number of parties who've tried to intervene in these proceedings in part as well. So in some respects, Eric, it's an interim report just to flag up the situation that there are some very big themes being discussed and to repeat that figure that uh, Facebook's expert evidence gave, potentially businesses need to gear up for uh, uh, substantial uh, effects to their business if this 118 billion euro nightmare becomes a reality. Of course, we've got so far without discussing President Trump, and let's try and keep it that way, except <laughs> to say that the actions of Trump will have direct relevance to this case, I think, in my view, because it goes to the heart of whether the new U.S. administration respects the privacy of EU nationals. Well, quite a bit there to unpack, Mr. Armstrong. Thank you. Uh, I was going to say what I was about to jump on right now. How about that? We made it this far into the podcast without uttering the word Trump. But you did it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you stepped into that hole. At least I apologized. Uh, that's true. You're, you're always the gentleman, I must say, the British gentleman from Hartlepool. So, um, well, you're much more deep into this than I am, and I thought that was covered extremely well and succinctly given the complexities involved, you know, starting with Safe Harbor and Privacy Shield, now what's happening. So, again, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, I suppose I would throw it back to you, if you don't mind, and uh, ask you this question. And we never rehearsed these things in advance. I'm now going to really uh, catch Jonathan off guard. What do you predict? What's going to happen? Look downfield. You told us where we are. If you were a betting man, and I know you might be, <laughs> yeah. what would you say? What would you say? Obviously, this doesn't constitute legal advice, and nobody can rely upon this as legal advice, but just here discussing it among friends, just, just you and me, nobody listening. If, if you put my head against the wall, I would say that it will be referred to the European Court. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, and so then I think what that would mean 
is let's say in another 10 days we get the court referring it to the European court and then it goes into a holding pattern whilst the court tries to you know, work out a hearing date, et cetera, et cetera. And that could be 18 months away. It could be three years, you know, it could be a couple of years away. So if I was a gambling man, I'd say that we will not get a certain result either way in the short term. But I do reserve the right. Uh, I think when Ricky Gervais wrote the English version of The Office, the, uh, the, the character who became Michael Scott in the U.S. version had a saying, if at first you don't succeed, destroy the evidence you even tried. And so I, <laughs> I only give my prediction on the basis we'll miss out episode 194 or whatever it is if my prediction's incorrect. Is that a deal? <laughs> well, we never want to miss, we, we never want to miss one, of our, one of our podcasts here. But, um, yeah, we're living in a time of uncertainty. And, of course, as you mentioned, uh, layering onto that uncertainty is, you know, how will the Trump administration uh, deal with and respect or not, uh, you know, privacy issues, uh, especially, you know, with respect to data flow having to do with Europe. So just more for us to follow. Uh, there's obviously been, you know, fast-breaking developments here in the U.S., and maybe we'll cover them in, an, in another podcast soon. But this whole potential Russian connection has been uh, now really bubbling up, and it might be the real issue to focus on when there have been so many different distractions with our new administration. But was there, were there communications between uh, the Trump campaign and, and Russia leading up to uh, the election, and how did that play into uh, any uh, possible quid pro quo with uh, Russian influence on the ultimate election result? So that's a separate topic, but you sort of opened it up just a little bit there uh, because you said the word Trump. You did. Yeah. Um, so I, th I think we're at our, at, at least at our 10, but thank you for giving us that nice uh, crystallization of the issues at stake over there. And um, all that remains to say is this is Eric Sinrod at Dwayne Morris. Uh, you can find me at ejsinrod at DwayneMorris.com. You can find our podcast at the usual social media outlets, uh, and we'll let Jonathan have the last word, although I usually come in and say cheers at the end. So I reserve my right, to use your phrase, to say cheers when you, when you wrap up here. Fabulous. I'm uh, Jonathan Armstrong, jonathan.armstrong at cordrycompliance.com. If you disagree with my uh, forced prediction, then, of course, join in on LinkedIn and we can chat through what happens. Thanks for listening as ever. We will keep abreast of this case and we'll talk to you about it again in a week or so. Thanks for listening. Cheers. 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 I did the cheers. I'll do it again. Cheers. <laughs> Bye. Bye for now.